Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys keep tagging us on social media in your uh, pictures from Boomer Jacks when you're hanging out there getting a nice cold beer or getting some wings or or whatever else. And Brian and I love it. We love to see that you guys are enjoying Boomer Jacks as much as we do. And uh, like I mentioned there, wings. It is a great spot for wings, particularly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they're great deals the rest of the week at Boomer Jacks. They have drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setup at a number of the locations. It is just an awesome atmosphere for whatever it is that you're looking for. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. There. All right, Brian, uh, we'll, we'll do some combine stuff here too. Let's just wrap up a couple of the other takeaways from uh, what Stephen Jones had to say. Uh, said that they are likely to use the tag. Uh, de- declined to say, you know, that it was definitely going to be Tony Pollard, um, but but did say they were likely to use the tag and the tag was on the table for Tony Pollard, who is the other? Are they, would they tag Schultz again if they need? Yeah. I, I mean, really, we're talking about Pollard here, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are, but I think you also. I mean, this is. I'm just going to throw it out there in a big, just a big blanket, you know. Um, but the numbers, I think the numbers, because I initially thought that maybe they would think about Vanderesh. That numbers north of 20 million dollars big number because of the ed, because of the edge rushers the yeah three. that that's not that's not going to happen so i eliminate vanderish okay what are you going to pay how how much do you feel like that what's donovan wilson worth to you you know but that number seems to be pretty inflated you know when you look at at what a safety uh a safety could potentially get uh in this draft as a tag uh, and then, so I think you have to look at the tight end again. Now, that would be, if I'm correct, that would be what 125 percent more for Schultz. Yes, which I believe so, he he'd be around 12. I think is what yeah. it would be 12 and a half, something like that. Yeah. So that back to back tag still, but you know, that's. I mean, I'd like to believe this tag is for the 10 million dollars for. Pollard is what I would like to believe, but I think you have to like, you have to look at all the possibilities, eliminate the ones that are too much and then, uh, and then go from there. I do know this though. Uh, and this is from working 14 years with the Cowboys. They are going to wait. And we saw it with Dak. They are going to wait till the 
absolute last day before they have to put that tag on there. They they yep. they are going to they are going to try and negotiate this deal with Tony Pollard in a way that they don't have to use this tag, but they will use it. But I guarantee you, it will come in the final dying breaths as they try and get a deal <laughs> as they try and get a deal done. The uh, couple other points from uh, Stephen Jones talked about his confidence in Mike McCarthy calling the plays. The interesting note, probably out of that discussion, is that Stephen Jones says Mike McCarthy approached them about calling plays. This was not their own idea. That this is something that Mike McCarthy brought the subject up on. Uh, so that sounds a little bit, I, I know we've discussed a little bit here on the show, uh, that seems to confirm Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore did not see eye to eye, and Mike McCarthy wanted to change, and Kellen Moore probably wanted to change just as much. Bobby, this very well could might be about Mike McCarthy wanting to help Brian Schottenheimer. Hmm. You know, and and by him saying, yes, I want to call the plays, that – by that happening, that moved on from Kellen Moore. And something had to be done. I mean, listen, let's be honest. This offense was not that bad. I mean, no. when you start to talk about metrics and you start to talk about scoring and you start talking about yards per play, Kellen Moore ran a pretty darn good offense. He really, really did. And how quickly – you know, the Chargers get rid of Joe Lombardi and then here comes Kellen Moore. Like, like it was like boom, boom. It was like, yeah, it was like Kellen Moore knew that he was done and he was already talking to the Chargers about that situation. But this this could be when Mike McCarthy's all said and done, uh, when that day, I bet you if he's walking out the door, is you took over the play calling to help Brian Schottenheimer, didn't you? I've just I there's a sneaky there's a sneaky side of me that's thinking that he didn't want to lose Brian Schottenheimer to anything that he wanted to coach with Brian Schottenheimer and the fact that that Brian Schottenheimer's dad did Mike McCarthy a huge favor when he was starting out as a coach yeah I, I feel like this is very much payback for that opportunity and Mike's like listen I'll call plays, but who? this is who the coordinator – and look who the quarterback coach is, Scott Tolzien, another guy yeah. he was with, you know. So I, I just have a feeling this was very much a – I'll call the plays, and I'm doing this to help Brian Schottenheimer get that OC job. Uh, does it interest you at all? And this is something I, I uh, had whispered to me uh, earlier this week. Does it interest you at all that Brian Schottenheimer did not go to Indianapolis with the coaching staff? Yeah, we're kind of hearing the whispers. So we had Michael Gelkin on today. It sounded like a lot of coaches stayed back. They, they were, that's, you know, the, the, their coaches go into the senior bowl. I don't think this is a big Mike McCarthy thing. I think this goes back to the Green Bay days. Now, you know, Mike. Was, now, Mike is there. Mike is in, in Indy. Right, he is, and he will speak on yes. Wednesday. Yes, so he'll he'll speak will, today that yeah. this is released. Yeah, so you'll be able to hear you'll be able to hear the comments of Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike is. I don't think Mike is really big on sending coaches and letting it be a coaches convention kind of a thing. You know, mm -hmm. where your coaches talk to other coaches and that 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 that. I don't think Mike is really really big on that, and. 
I know back in the Green Bay days when I was working, but that was Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, who was the GM, who, you know, we used to send the coaches from Green Bay and Mike and them, I think Mike and them did send the coaches. Maybe there was a couple of times where they didn't, but I always got the feeling that Mike wasn't really interested in the senior bowl coaches and then the combine coaches. I, I didn't feel like that was something. And yeah, he's the, the, the offensive coaches are staying behind uh, in order to uh, in order to implement uh, the game plan and get things together. So when they can hit the ground running when OTAs and minicamps start, uh, which will be here before you know it. Which yeah, will it'll it'll you know. it'll be here in a flash. Two more quick notes, and then we'll we'll talk a little combine, and we'll we'll really flesh out the combine later this week when I'm in Indy. We'll report some stuff there. Uh, but uh, Dak's contract situation on an extension. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Jones has this week talked about how they'd like to get one done. Uh, but he also said that they have not started negotiations there. And he was a little coy about it when he was asked about, you know, how they expect things to go. And he goes, ah, I, don't know. I think we'll just wake up one day and it's done. Well, I think we all know that's not the way deals get done. Uh, but they're clearly not with Todd France. No, no. Well, not with Todd France, not with the Cowboys. Nothing just wakes up and gets done. There, there's, there's a process here. Um, but Brian, your uh, your best guess. Do you think we get a Dak Prescott extension this offseason? Man, I think that there's – Bobby, I, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try. Now, I will say this. This is just me thinking out loud because it happened before. Mm-hmm. I feel like, though, if it gets contentious, Dallas will try and go short. Dallas will try and go short on the deal, on the years. They'll just let it lie? Short. Yeah, they'll, they'll go short on the years. They won't – you know, they won't – Okay, if we have to play short, they did it in this past contract. You know, it got a little they couldn't get a they couldn't get a six year deal. They couldn't get a ten year deal like Mahomes or any of that stuff. You know, they couldn't get that. What did yeah. they do? They went short. I I would not be surprised just from dealing with this agent and how they've kind of gone through this. I I I hope I'm wrong. I wouldn't be surprised them to go in just on a, a two-year deal to try and make things work a little better. And then, look, let's be very honest here. Uh, when you say this agent, um, they would probably deny this if, if they got asked about this. The fact of the matter is the Dallas Cowboys have never been fans of Todd France. They, they don't like negotiating and, with and, – and, and listen, I hope this doesn't get out and people have – No, 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 no. No, here's, here's we're not, just we're not, No, no, this is us talking. Yeah, and I, sure. And, and I, I, I do believe – you know, I do believe the Cowboys have a the Cowboys are not a bad team to deal with. Steven no. and Jerry, they will give you if you you hold out, they will usually they'll they, they kind of they'll kind of say, okay, they'll come to the table with you. But this this agent, and I'm saying it because this is me talking, not the Dallas Cowboys, not anybody telling me to say this. This agent is not easy to deal with. And you know what? Dak should be happy with that. Oh yeah, no, no. Let's 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 be honest about that. If the Cowboys don't like negotiating with him, if the Cowboys don't like the Iron fans, but that means Todd France is very good at his job. Todd, Todd France negotiate. They, they they it's tough there. But the the fact of the matter remains: are are the Cowboys like eager to jump into negotiations with Todd France on players? No, they're not. And that's just the case. And it's because Todd France is 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 a bulldog. He it's difficult. On, yeah, exactly. And 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 that's what his. Clients, but so could Stephen Jones. And so could yep. Adam Pacifica. They could be difficult, too. Yep, that, that's exactly the case. Uh, and then last note here, the question was asked about CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. 
and whether they would be getting contract extensions this offseason or they'd be entertaining those. Stephen Jones said, yep, we're always entertaining these. He did note, and I don't know if this was a, a, a an ominous tone exactly, uh, but, but or, or if it's indicative of what he knows Trayvon Diggs's agent and CeeDee Lamb's agents are thinking, but he did say that, you know, in, in recent years, he's noticed a shift where players are less willing to engage on extension talks early. That, that just because he said back in the day, as soon as they became open to it, they were ready to talk. He said nowadays, because of perceived leverage or whatever else, a lot of players will not, are not ready to come to the table in good faith negotiation right there. Not a criticism from Stephen Jones, just a, I think something he noticed in a shift in the way that players negotiate their deals. Um, but that sounds like uh, he at least has an expectation that there, there may be some difficulties in, in trying to get guys extended this offseason. Okay, let me let me throw something at you, Robert, because you did a great job of of you know coming up with contract numbers uh, last week for our linebacker. You know, that, yep. Uh, so Bobby I'm Wagner, throw, yep. Bobby Wagner. I'm gonna throw this one at you. You ready for this? Yeah. Big picture. Mm-hmm. Cowboys move the 26th pick to the Buffalo Bills for Stephon Diggs with the thought that if they get his brother on the Cowboys, that maybe it will be easier for them to get Trayvon Diggs signed up. It's not a, it's not a bad thought. Uh, it's a, it could be an interesting play. I'll throw another one right back at you. The Cowboys <laughs> decide they don't want to engage in trade or uh, extension negotiations with Trayvon Diggs. And they say, you know what? Let's pay Jalen Ramsey. We'll swap you Diggs for Ramsey. Okay, let me tell you this then. I gang of seven. I heard a first, I heard a second, and I heard a third. But all three of my guys said this. This one might, and this was a guy who told me about maybe a third round for Ramsey. He said it might be that the Rams want to get away from the contract so much that they're willing just to take what they whatever they can get. But I had a guy say, hey, mate, it's going to maybe cost you a first. Another guy say it was going to second. But the one guy who said the third, he feels like that the Rams are just trying to get out of the contract. But they also, all of them also said Ramsey wants a new deal. That's. Oh yeah. Ram, Ramsey, Ramsey, my guess is Ramsey wants about 65 million in cash over the next three years. It'd be an expensive contract. And so you'd be, but it would basically be a decision of, well, we'd rather pay Ramsey than pay Diggs. Uh, and you can make it. Now, I would not argue for that. I think Diggs has a, the next five years, I'd rather have Trayvon Diggs than Jalen Ramsey. But if they have concerns about Diggs, it's just something to Dig, kick around. Diggs and Diggs. Diggs and yeah. Diggs. May, make picture. that happen too. Make that happen too. All right. So we do have the NFL scouting combine going on this week. Uh, defensive linemen and linebackers workout. Oh, wait, real quick, real quick, Bobby, real quick, if I could circle yeah. back on that real quick. Yeah. Uh, Steve, Stephen Jones did say from the combine that they are working on something big. And Michael Gelkin said the same thing. Well, excuse me. Gelkin said it, and I think Stephen was kind of talking about it as a possibility. But Michael Gelkin, who's very plugged into this team, we talked about him, Todd Archer, very plugged in, you know, a lot of talented writers, men and women here. But Gelkin, yep. I wonder if Gelkin off, you know, off to the side got somebody to tell him, hey, they're working on a big, big deal. That's why I threw the Diggs name out there. Maybe one of these wide receivers or something like that, you know. But, it's very, but that's it's a case. very – Yeah, that's a case. A, and, yeah. 
It's a very interesting proposition. Uh, they, they definitely, uh, I, I think, are are motivated to make this football team better. Now, how they interpret that and how they interpret making the football team better may be different than how the fans would interpret it. But I think it's probably Odell Beckham. It's probably just I, Odell Beckham. I, I think there is. I think there is a sense from this football team though of like we need to change some stuff. Now, now how that plays out, how it looks, may be defined differently. Like I said, by the Cowboys than from the fans or from the analysts. But I think that they are are motivated to make something happen, make something change. Now, uh, we have the defensive linemen and the linebackers working out Thursday, defensive backs on Friday, quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends on Saturday, and then the running backs and the offensive linemen on Sunday. What is your uh, your big interest as you head into the combine here? I'll tell you what. I never would have believed this in 1992, Robert, when I first went to the combine. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, why would anybody want to watch this on TV? <laughs> Yeah, it will be one of the most watched events over the weekend. And look how they scheduled. Look how they scheduled the combine. The last group that used to work out forever was the tight ends. Now look what they've got. They've got all the skilled guys on the weekends, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. Then you look at the defensive backs on that last day. It's all about it's all about generating the revenue I mean, that's it's about sponsors. This combine, I don't recognize this combine anymore. I don't. I honestly don't. But I'd love to be a part of it. I would love to be a part of like going through the process of the interviews and the watching the players work out and all that. But man, this is a made-for-TV event. But when I was sitting in the Hoosier Dome in 1992. I'm like, why in the hell would anybody want to watch this on TV? <laughs> but they do. They love it. So who's who's your number one guy you're interested to see test this week? Oh, man, that's a great question because, uh, you know, there's so many different positions that – because I'm interested in what the Dallas Cowboys could do, you know, at 26. And I've seen some mock drafts, you know, with and some of these wide receivers like Jackson Smith and Jigba – I, what does he really run? I mean, if, if you know, some of these players, I'm trying to kind of get a gauge where guys are going to be on this board. And I'm trying to get a gauge of like speed's too good, speed's too good, not enough speed, maybe right there. So I think that to me, I, I know it's a, a big, broad picture of an answer, but I'm honestly interested in these, these like 337-pound guys. You know, are we going to get one of these defensive tackles that tests through the roof? Are we going to get one of these guards? I don't know about the guards. I think it's kind of a down list. But I'm, there's always somebody that just catches your attention. I, I'll tell you what, man, the, the kid the kid from Georgia, the, the quarterback, Ringo. Keely Ringo. I, I wonder with that kind, of, that kind of size, is he, you know, can he get himself back in the mix with Gonzalez? Uh, you know, from from Oregon, Porter from Penn State, Witherspoon from Illinois. You know, uh, can he put himself in that mix? I'm interested to see with Bijan Robinson how great he looks. You know, I mean, is is Bijan Robinson going to force somebody to take him a lot earlier uh, than than probably you know people want to? But Stephen Jones talked about it. You're looking at a, a guy that you pick in the top 14. Maybe it's a 10-year guy. Behind that, 
you know, maybe it is that one contract guy, but I, I'm, I'm really interested in these backs. I'm interested in the corners and I'm interested in, like I say, the Smith and Jigbas and guys like that. I will uh, just, as we wrap up this segment here, I will give you uh, two guys that are, are really worth watching in terms of their athleticism and the way they test this week. Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, is going to test really, really well by all accounts. And then the other name, maybe a lot of people are not on as much in terms of how well he'll test. Byron Young from Tennessee is supposed to test really well. He's a good-looking – I'll tell you what, though. Byron Byron Young is a good-looking player when you watch him on tape. Now, I think the thing with Byron Young is, is what's interesting about him – is there's times where, you know, he he doesn't always play to the level. But, you know, you talk about the burst. You talk about the quickness. He can capture the edge. He'll, he's a dipper. Uh, you know, he can free himself. He's got that length. Uh, you know, he can play with his hands. I, I think, you know, the the bulk part of it for him, how, how strong, you know, I, I'm the measurements I'm working off of, was 6'3", 245 pounds from Tennessee. And I think there was times against really good competition. The games you can watch him. You can watch him against Georgia. You can watch him against Alabama. And you can kind of get an idea of how he's going to play. But, man, I, 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 he's, a, he's an interesting cat for sure. I like what you're saying about him. Funny because funny he wears that number six defensively mm-hmm. with that single, that single digit number on you right there. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.